We are the end of a millennium. We are a decade of decadence. We are the 90s. style 90s theme podcast that takes us back to all the great things that made the 90s our favorite decade. I am Thomas and with me are your two other hosts, Jolene and David. I feel like there needs to be a better introduction there. Well, I like that one time that you called me like the village dick. That was on the other podcast. <laughs> it was really? Sorry. Yeah. I think it was this It was one? local dickhead. A local dickhead, yeah. Famed a local dickhead. Yeah, that's me. Oh my god. Fame the local dickhead David. It's supposed to be nineties themed. And Joe Bro, that's not nineties, is it? I started, saying, bro. I started saying dickhead in the nineties. <laughs> Today on the show, it's my turn to report on a topic. And uh I want to start the topic by saying this. When we started this podcast, our hopes were very similar to one of the young protagonists of today's topic. We hope to be the very best like no one ever was. To record these shows was our real test, but to share them was our cause. We travel across the 90s, searching far and wide for each topic to understand the power that's inside. That's right, trainers. Today, we're talking about the 90s pop culture storm that was Pokemon. Familiar. But I was like, we just did Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I don't know wow. why. Okay. Power Rangers is what I thought it's of. It's upsetting already. <laughs> Joe's decided to so, upset us already. Pokemon, got it. <laughs> uh, today's topic is on uh, Pokemon, and I'm not sure where to start here. But we're going to start right here, but I may end up cutting this for later. But, of course, in the theme of bringing shit in so that we can stop recording and do some stuff, I brought us some motherfucking Pokemon cards for us to open up. You actually bought Thomas these. always gets, I, I was just going to say, Thomas cards. always gets new stuff. I just bring recycled clothing and things. Okay. Oh no, I bought candy. That's I take it back. I bought you guys Because I care about our listeners' experience of not seeing the <laughs> shit that I brought <laughs> and not being able to tell the difference. But I brought I bought us some Pokemon cards and uh, made sure... That there was six packs for the three of us. Because okay. what I remember about Pokemon cards is when you open one pack up and there's shit in there, then you wish you had a second Pokemon card pack. <laughs> so I made okay. sure if the first one's shit, you have another chance at the second one being shit. All right. So <laughs> we're going to open these cards up uh, okay. a little bit later and I guess share what Pokemon are inside. These okay. are of the new game. Where so did you the, get these? Switch game. Uh, they have them in Target and Walmart. Bought one from Target, one from Walmart. No reason Aww. for that other than I had to go to both. The new little ponytail is cute. Ponyta, she's a rainbow. Yeah. Shout out I mean, to, not uh, a rainbow. Tate's <laughs> Comics down the street from here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to include this, but they have a, a satellite gaming center yep. right next door. And they, I, I know they do magic. I'm pretty sure they do Pokemon. They do all I think that they stuff. do everything. They definitely have the cards. Uh, and oh, yeah. I, w- I would have gone there if yeah, it was an option for sure. That would have been the first place <laughs> that I went. But They're coming not. back soon. Well, maybe by the time this is out, they'll be back, so go there. Dope. Tate's Comics and Tate's Gaming Satellite. Or, if not, get them from Walmart and uh, Target. (laughs) No, don't shop there, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's fucked up. I I asked Lizzie um, earlier 
if you had to only choose one of those and the other one would close down for good forever, Target. which one would you choose? I'd choose Walmart. You'd choose Walmart? Yeah. Why? To stay open. It's more shit. Okay. Yeah. I would say Target, but then hopefully they'll adapt to have some more stuff like Walmart. Oh. But without being fucking mm-hmm. a crazy conspiracy where they house typical, military equipment typical woman. in their warehouses. Wow. I, I choose you. They... I want you, but I want you to change. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I just want them to have a little bit more. Honestly, better produce, but you don't even care about that. Well, I was going to say, why would you say I want Target, but I would want them to be more like Walmart? Why wouldn't you just values. say I want Walmart? Because I don't want Walmart. Did you just say Target has better values? Yeah. Walmart has great value <laughs> damn it. so uh, we're done with that <laughs> don't even have a thing um back. yes uh lizzie chose target because it's cleaner i think she said and yeah. it just like has a better um interior like decor department and stuff and Jeez. i chose walmart for the exact opposite i feel like walmart people are more my people really yeah like, oh, there's always an interesting thing going on at Walmart mm-hmm. and interesting people wearing interesting shit. Have you ever been to uh, peopleoftarget.com? No, I have not. Oh, because it doesn't exist. Oh. It's just but there people is a people Walmart. of Walmart. Damn, that is a good fucking <laughs> switcheroo question to ask right there. He really got me. Yeah, because you're did. dumb. He does this all the time. <laughs> Mostly to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad I can give that shining, shining moment every week in his life. No. Nah. Let's let's get into uh, the topic of Pokemon. So, question number one coming up right up front: Who is your favorite Pokemon, and why? Mewtwo. He got his own movie. He's the most powerful. Oh Mewtwo, most powerful, got his own movie. Joe. Mm. And he could speak. <laughs> That's true. Through telekinesis, telepathy, telepathy. telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I can use big words, but. <laughs> It's not going to come out right, so. <laughs> oh, I would say one of the Dratini series because, I mean, it's just pretty. But now that I see this new one, I'm kind of excited because Dratini is like water fairy, water dragon-y. I can probably name and it's pretty. a total of five Pokemon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Um, she was just always really pretty. It's weird because I don't usually like serpenty dragon things, but I always like Dratini. I'm glad you said that because if you remember, I bought you that. Yes, uh, I know it's in my room. <laughs> back then, it was a Dratini pipe I got from Etsy, and I yeah, had to yeah. custom get that made custom. Yeah, it was dope. Yep. I would say my <laughs> other one would probably be Evie because she has a lot of evolutions too, or yeah. not too, well, but like she has a lot of evolutions, and they're all really pretty. Evie was Lizzie's favorite, but just yeah. because it was, she, Evie is cute. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I... she didn't know about the evolutions, or <laughs> I don't think she likes any of the evolutions. But oh Evie. my god, you guys are like picking little... your Pokemon because they're cute. Lizzie picked Calm hers because it was yes. Evie is like a little cute, like fox dog <laughs> thing, something like that. Yeah, yeah. She looks like a fox. It's Lizzie. Come on, she's white. Uh, I'll show you them on the so, game. So yeah, if you you <laughs> haven't seen any of the games, and if it doesn't show up in this pack, my favorite is from the new version from the game because I haven't played since the original games. Um, but this one's pretty cool. It's one of the ones you start with. It's the fire option, and when it gets to its last evolution, it's called Score Bunny. No, I'm sorry. Maybe the first one's called Score Bunny. The last one is called Cinder Ace, and Cinder Ace is like a it's like a soccer playing bunny. <laughs> And one of its special moves is it picks up a rock with its foot 
bounces it or juggles it off its foot a little bit and then it lights up and turns into like a fireball the rock and then it like does one of those pele style kicks and oh. kicks the rock at uh at the person I forget the name of that move but it was fucking dope it's the only move i ever use i don't know why i play those games i use <laughs> one pokemon and one move from each pokemon and that's it huh yeah pokemon <laughs> okay all right, so uh, a little bit before I start, I want to mention the two sources I got most information from. I took the David route over here and how I got my information and just watched the YouTube videos. And uh, it was it was very satisfying, but I think because this topic and also because of the people in the two videos that I watched, so the two sources I encourage you to go check out. The first one is called Train On, a Pokemon documentary on YouTube. There's actually no official documentaries about Pokemon, which is really crazy, and I'll tell you why, or, or we'll dive into why a little bit later. Uh, but this is comprised of two videos, parts one through five, and then parts six and seven. The creator calls himself Mr. Mercy, but I found the videos on a channel titled passion but it's spelled p-a number five number five number one o-n i would encourage you to check it out it's, it's just interesting i know you know it doesn't seem like you're into pokemon but it's still like this guy did a great job for like a fan and the second is an interview by i believe a japanese um like a japanese comedy duo uh it's, they they call this show game center cx it's like very old from the 90s i think uh, from the interviews from 2004 with the creator of Pokemon, and you can find it on YouTube on the channel titled Vito, which is V-I-T-O. Check them out. They have a ton more information than what I'm going to share here. Um, Train On is done very well in like a fan-made documentary way, and the 2004 interview is funny to watch this comedian slash reporter named Shinya Arino, and it's cool to listen to like the, the creator of Pokemon talk about his creation and just see how like how cool and interesting he is. And I'll explain that in a second. Um, Joe, do you have thoughts on Pokemon in general? I know you play Pokemon go a lot. Yes, I do play Pokemon go a lot. Um, so you I... like the time, the property. Yeah. Do you know anything about the property or no. is it just Pokemon go? Cause you didn't play the games back in the day. I didn't I know we had the cards. I did not battle. Okay. No. Okay. I did more collecting, which on the game I still do more collecting. That's probably why I play Pokemon Go and not the video game that you play. Uh, so let's start off. Chapter one, oh, Satoshi no. Tajiri. Yeah, there's a lot of chapters in this. <laughs> I, I treat this like a Quentin Tarantino thing ever since Pulp Fiction. Everything is chapters now. Chapter one, Satoshi Tajiri. Uh, we're stretching out of the 90s to start this off because you can't talk about Pokemon without diving into the man who started it all, Satoshi Tajiri. Born August 28th, 1965, Satoshi grew up in the western Tokyo metropolis of Japan, a city called Machida. What we think of Tokyo now is like the huge modern metropolis in 1965 was actually a farming village. So when Satoshi was a young kid, he had a hobby. Best guess at what this hobby was? Drawing. Trading cards? <laughs> no, but closer than drawing. Well, yeah, closer well, than drawing. His hobby was sense. catching and collecting bugs. Okay. Weirdo. Okay. <laughs> Nerd. Um, <laughs> it was such a well-known hobby of his that the other kids in his neighborhood gave him the nickname Dr. Bug. Another big hobby of his was watching TV shows such as, David, you'll know this one, Ultraman. I've heard of it, yes. It's one of the classic ones that has the people in, in the suits yeah. dressed up pretending to be big. Uh, in this show, Ultraman would battle against giant kaijus or monsters that he would eventually store in little capsules after defeating them, an obvious feature that would add into his own creation in the future. 
As time passed, Tokyo and the surrounding areas would start to change into what we know of Tokyo today. So the landscape changed as well, and the farming village would start to see um, more modern additions such as paved streets, shops, and arcades. After growing out of his bug-catching phase, Satoshi spent tons of time at arcades in a little area called Shimokitazawa, where he'd often be able to play new arcade games before most others could, and most other arcades got those games. It's well noted he would often skip class, and he skipped class to go to the arcades so much that he almost didn't graduate from high school. He actually talks about this in, in the opportunities where he talks about his uh, early days. Being at the arcade so much gave him an obvious expertise and knowledge of the games that people can play, so he decided to turn that knowledge into a business, and in 1981, he started to handwrite, edit, and photocopy reviews of arcade games in his magazine called Game Freak. Soon after, a man named Ken Sugimori would come into the picture and came across an issue of Game Freak and decided to join Satoshi as the illustrator of Game Freak. Game Freak is like the little symbol that you always see on the front. Like if you start up a... When you started up the um, Pokemon game on Game Boy or Game Boy mm -hmm. Color back in that the day, really it was the first one. It sort of looks like a weird rock thing, but that was yeah, that was his thing from the very, very beginning. After the first printing of Game Freak, the magazine started to evolve from arcade reviews to tip guide or like a training guide, mm -hmm. and he started publishing those. A cheat sheet. A cheat sheet, yeah. Shortly after publishing a guide in one of these magazines... Uh, around a particular game titled Xevious, it was another arcade game, another student around the area set an all-time high score with 10 million points, which led to Namco, that game's producer, uh, to reach out to that person and ask them to write a trainer guide or like one of those cheat sheet guides on how to score 10 million points. Knowing that Satoshi was publishing Game Freak and with this other kid's third-year senior high school exams right around the corner, he asked Satoshi to help him create this guide. In exchange for Satoshi's help, he would be able to publish the guide in Game Freak. So he'd be able to use his own property to uh, elevate the value of that guide. So this kid, they talk about it in the 2004 interview, he had third-year exams coming up, but also his parents found out that he was spending too much time in the arcades, and I guess it was like looked down upon to be playing video games that much which i'm sure it was here as well but uh, his parents said he couldn't do any video game things until his finals were done so he reached out to satoshi which sort of uh, opened the door for what we would know as pokemon today so chapter two i don't let's see if you get this <laughs> since you play pokemon go i don't know if it does the same thing chapter two a wild idea has appeared <laughs> no um i know that it's with the the line they use in the game. Yes. A wild Pokemon has appeared. Yeah, a yeah. wild Pikachu Pidgeot has yeah. appeared or something like that. Yeah. Wow. That was so lame. <laughs> that was your chapter oh, name. Yeah, that was my chapter name. <laughs> that was so lame. His love for games would have... I don't think it's the worst. There might be more <laughs> shitty ones coming up. Uh, his love for games would eventually lead him and Sugimori to purchase the equipment necessary to create their own game called Quinty, or when it came over to the West, it was called Mendel Palace. Probably not a game any of us played. With the help of Junichi Masuda... They would pitch their title to Namco, who agreed to release this title on the Nintendo Entertainment System. So this is a game that, I don't know, I wonder if maybe you can look back. You know the games that they released for the Switch from the Nintendo Entertainment System? I wonder if like Mendel Palace is one of those. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. At least not here. Maybe it was a different version in, in Japan or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they liked it. And a lot of people liked it, and they gave them a chance. This is actually, Satoshi talks about... Most people, when you go and pitch a game back then, or even now, 
you go and like, here's this idea. And yeah, you have some storyboards or some illustrations. Him and um, Sugimori created the game themselves. They bought the stuff um, and they created their game and then went to them and pitched it, which is like unheard of at that time. So basically, uh, Namco just had to say yes or no. I remember Namco. In 1989, Nintendo would release their handheld console known as Game Boy. In 1990, this would ignite Satoshi's idea to create his next game when he saw two kids using their Game Boy and the link cables that they would come with. Did you have link cables for your Game Boy? No, I didn't like playing with other people. That's true. That's pretty <laughs> accurate. It's yep. the same today. <laughs> yep. um, I think you had to buy the link cables separate, actually, because I had a Game Boy Color and didn't have the link cable right yeah they just tried to get your money man something apple does today true yeah that's why you got to read the agreement or end up becoming a human sentai pad (laughs) this reminded him of the days of bug collecting with the link cord being a way that bugs can be exchanged from one person to another along with his love for ultraman he decided his new game would be called pokemon what's your guess i don't know Pokebook. Good guess. Capsule Monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, Capsule Monsters. After some name changes in order to acquire the rights to the game, including Capumon with a C. Joe just broke her hand on the table. (laughs) Um, Capumon with a K. Okay. And then the final, Pocket Monsters. Nintendo would give his game (laughs) an opportunity. I'm good. Uh, Which one did you like? Why, why are you laughing at pocket monsters, Joe? <laughs> it just you, would you so prefer funny. capsule monsters? No, I don't. That's, that makes more sense. All of those because they're coming out of the pokeball, which is the capsule. So right. all of those made sense until he got to pocket monsters. Pocket monsters. <laughs> I don't know because why. I think it. I, yeah, I don't know what it was. I guess it was the name being around capsules because of like Ultraman. Yeah. That he wasn't like you're not supposed able to put that in the name. I don't know if they came up with Pokeball. No, they didn't come up with Pokeballs early on. That's why. Uh, so, you know, you catch them in the capsule, you put them in your pocket, and then you move on. Funny story about uh, pocket monsters. If you cut a hole in your... Never mind. <laughs> and then carry two things and be like, yo, can you get my keys? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the sneakier version of the popcorn trick. Don't do the popcorn trick. Then you get butter all over it. That's right. You get a butter dick. Also, now the... the... <laughs> Uh, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> that's what she's. Like. What were you gonna say? Now the end of this Pokemon makes a little more sense. Mon monsters. Yeah, I mean it's their their final name that they landed on was Pocket Monsters. No so, shit. So Pokemon. Pokemon is like a version of Pocket Monsters. Yes, it is. Because how... he pulls it out of your pocket and throws it. I mean, it's on a belt, so that's wrong. But um, like a like a, a sack, like a satchel. Okay. <laughs> Pocket Monsters. I'm going to call this Pocket Monsters forever now. Good. Do it. I think that's what it's still being called in Japan. It's so funny. It sounds slow. (laughs) I don't even know. All right. So after they landed on Pocket Monsters and acquired the rights, Nintendo, who knew their work from Mendel Palace, which the game was released on the NES, decided to give this game an opportunity. I forgot. I still haven't corrected the chapters here. All right. (laughs) The chapters go all over the place here. I think this is chapter three, Pokemon the Game. The two-game idea with different Pokemon available in each was actually suggested by Shigeru Miyamoto, who created Nintendo's most popular IPs such as Mario and Zelda. He actually helped 
this project move along as it ran into some issues, which I'm going to talk about right now. Um, this would, this idea of the different Pokemon being available in two different games would encourage trading, which was one of the main points of it, using Link Cable and then trading Pokemon. Game Freak worked hard to make sure that this game was a huge success. After identifying the game illustrator, who was, of course, Sugimori, who wrote or did the illustrations for the magazine piece, and finding a music slash slound develop, and finding a music... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I almost Fucking words, go. man. <laughs> all, these, all these Japanese names, like, that's where I should be messing up, and I messed up on sound. Ugh. Um, all right, so f- after finding the illustrator and the music sats. <laughs> it's Holy a block, shit. dude. It's a roadblock. Music slash sound developer. They got to work. Again, the idea of this game started in 1990. However, the game would take nearly six years to develop. Throughout this time, the popularity of Game Boy started to decline, and Game Freak nearly went bankrupt. Joe, here's the first reason why you're going to like this property a little bit more. Seeing this, Satoshi decided to forego his salary and lived off of his father's income so that the company could pay their other workers. Yep. They were saved by an affiliate of Nintendo named Creatures Inc., and the games were finally able to be finished. Don't worry, I'm sure his dad loved him. Also, when he was selling the magazines, it was very much like a home business where he was he would get mail in orders and have to mail out issues, and the family like helped him with that. So I'm sure the family saw some money as well. Um, and I, again, his dad probably loved him, unlike David's. <laughs> Pocket Monsters Red and Green were released in Japan on February 27, 1996. Despite the decline of the Game Boy's popularity, the sales of Pocket Monsters steadily increased after it was released, with marketing encouraging people to buy both versions of the game. Nintendo's doubts would soon be gone, as Pocket Monsters would grow to be one of its most profitable games ever. Okay, so I'm going to stop you there for a minute. Do it. I didn't know that. This shit was a video game before the cards? It was a video game before everything else. Wow, I, I... Could have sworn for sure it was it was trading cards, which then turned into a video game. Which is which is what it normally is, right? It's yeah. normally uh, and then it sort of changes because this was in Japan, so it sort of changes to be more of like the American approach over here. And I'll get into that in a little bit when they make their westward expansion. But yeah, surprisingly, it wasn't like toys, right? Everything started with toys back in the day. And I mean, sure, the cards could be looked at as some sort of toy, even though there are Pokemon toys as well, not as big as like GI Joe or right. Power Rangers or anything. But yeah, it started with the show. I mean, with the with the game. Interesting. The game is the toy. True. So, game it's is Japan, the toy. guys. Yes, it started with the video game. Nintendo then released Pocket Monsters Blue in late 1996, and they did this really to improve upon errors and decisions made with the original game. So it was more of like a correcting its path game rather than like, cool, here's this new game, right? Uh, which is what they do with like a lot of these um, Pokemon games later on in the years, is released like a special third one. These games took place in the fictional Kanto region, where people would play as Satoshi, named after the creator. Uh, I think over here, his name was Trainer Red in the first two games, or first three games, maybe. Alongside their rival, Shiguru, the guy who helped push them, and the guy who created the IPs like Mario and Zelda, um, who over here, that character was named Gary, don't know why, uh, to become Pokemon Masters. They'd encounter many challenges, including Team Rocket, and in the end, win a chance to capture the legendary Mewtwo. 
One of the biggest reasons for the game's popularity was the rumor of a potential 151st pocket monster called... 151? Oh no, hang on, I was only 400 and something. I wonder if it says it here. It is Mew. Mew, yeah. Uh, Mew! So there was a rumor that there was this uh, Pokemon or pocket monster called Mew, which wasn't listed in all the marketing. It was just 150 Pokemon or pocket monsters. Fuck. And then there was a rumor that was going around, and originally, this was intended to be a joke by the developers. So it was actually created, but as like a, hey, look, we created this thing that only the developers will like know about. Mm-hmm. Years later, players found a glitch in the game that would allow them to find and catch Mew. So it wasn't like game updates where they made this available. Mm-hmm. It was just playing so much and trying to find so many glitches that I think a few years, two to three years later, a player actually found a way to do this. Yeah. And Satoshi... Why do you call it a glitch and not a hack? I think a glitch is where, like, you know, sometimes in old games you would hit a spot where, like, the the programming wasn't there and you would, like, fall through the map and get stuck. Mm-hmm. Or there, and, Like and games, the code was broken. Right, like the code was okay. broken. And that's that's how they found it. It wasn't, like, gotcha. a hack, I think, is more... Like you go into the code and change it. Well, like the... Or, like, uh, a cheat code. I don't know how to say that. Like, yes. you change something. No, yeah. you, you had right. a hack. You're literally changing the code right. as to okay. where... This like, is, like... Okay. Yeah, okay. like in, in Grand Theft Auto, I think, is the biggest sort of, like, hackable... Not yeah. hackable, but, like, moddable game where you can play as anybody. People create Superman. People create Batman, as you can play in Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but this one wasn't meant to be found by anybody. It was just a glitch in the game where they were able to. Satoshi credits... Pocket Monster number 151 as the reason they were able to get a release in the Western world. The hype for this was like so big and it, it kept the game alive for so long after because there's so much to do in these games. You catch them, you finish the storyline, you get them all up to level 100, you do all these things. And then even when that faded down, it was like, oh shit, there's a Pokemon that like nobody's caught that's in this game somewhere. So it, it sort of kept the game alive and he credited that for the Westward opportunity. Um, although I didn't see anything where he made this connection, this seems to have been sparked from his days of writing the arcade magazine, uh, the Game Freak magazine, when he would hear different rumors going to arcade games and playing a game, and then somebody would be like, yo, you'll never guess this. Um, there was like there was a dog that walked by in Dig Dug. Like, there's a dog mm-hmm. in the game of Dig Dug, and it's like, what? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, yeah, I did this and this, and like nobody else saw. And then uh, Satoshi would actually like print these rumors in his magazine to be like, Hey, see if you can go and find this as well. I hear there's this rumor of this. And he knew some of them were not true. Like, these people were just lying, but he still printed them to be like, Yeah. Hey, continue to go and look. Right. See, I told you you can't trust everything you read, 420 boy. That's that's on a magazine. (laughs) On the internet, it's different. (laughs) Stupid. Hey, who knows? Maybe there was a dog in Dig Dug. Dig Dug Dog. (sighs) Two months after Redding Green. (laughs) He can say that, but he can't say sound. Two months after Red and Green released, the Pocket Monsters saga, uh, the Pocket Monsters manga series started printing, and in the fall of 96, the name was shortened to Pokemon. So here's your order of how things went. It was the game, then it was the manga series, then the name was changed or shortened to Pokemon, then in October of 1996, we would get one of the biggest additions to the property, the Pokemon TCG, or the trading card game. April 1997 saw the start of a Pocket Monsters animated TV show shown in Japan, and then shortly after came the Pokemon toys. Cards were a third thing that came around. So why didn't you bring us the video game? 
on the Switch because Lizzie's playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> no, I actually knew the answer to that. that. <laughs> I meant, why didn't you find an old Game Boy Pro? Maybe we can I mean, go, we have the N64. We have the yeah. Pokemon Snap. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Pokemon Snap in a little bit here, which is yeah. actually it makes it a little bit cooler. Uh, if, if I can find the Game Boy Color, which I had the lime green version, oh man, that was my prize, my prize uh, gem there. I would have brought it, but I do not have it. Uh, all right, so after all these things started happening, they had all basically their uh, properties. It was too much to be just managed by one company, Game Freak. So this led to the joint creation by Game Freak, Nintendo, and Creatures, Inc. called Pokemon Center Company Limited, which is Pokemon Center is the name of the hospital that you take the Pokemon to after they faint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this would eventually change to the Pokemon Company. After opening a merchandise center in Tokyo, the company was ready to expand westward. This historic day was September 28th, 1998. Pokemon Red and Blue released in the U.S. The approach in the U.S. was different. Two weeks before the games released, four kids started airing an English-dubbed version of the Japanese show on WB Kids Network, introducing us to Ash, Pikachu, Misty, and Brock. All other properties would eventually find companies to release English translations as well. On October 18, 1999, the U.S. got the special Pikachu version, or the yellow version, setting the stage for Americans to once again wait in ridiculously long lines on Black Friday 1999. News media covering Black Friday 1999 began to dub this new craze of the 12 and under age group as Pokemania. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hulkamania, man. It took a took a thing from Hulkamania. Sounds like Hulkamania. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter... Fuck. What chapter uh, did I say last? Three. Chapter four. <laughs> Pokemon in TV and movies. So, did you ever see any of these movies? Being a movie guy? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I saw the live action one. The most recent one. Okay. Um, I did see the the Mewtwo animated one. Right. That was the first one to release. Yeah. So, the first theatrical release. And then I saw the show. The main series of the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not all the incarnations afterwards. Right, right. The first of the theatrical Pokemon movies, Mewtwo Strikes Back, released in Japan on July 18, 1989, then in the U.S. on November 12, 1999. So these were always sort of a year apart. All the releases ended up being like a year apart. Um, in 1999 in the U.S., where it saw a $10 million opening day and a number one spot at the box office. At the end of its run, it made $164 million worldwide, which today would be the equivalent of a quarter of a billion dollars. So uh, pretty good. It was pretty called good Mewtwo Strikes Back Here? Uh, it was called Mewtwo Strikes Back Here. Yeah, I don't know what it was called there. I don't remember that. They actually redid this in a way. They, they just recently, within the last like year or two, I think, did a version of, of Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back where they just enhanced, I think, the graphics and sort of changed some of the story, mm-hmm. uh, which I watched. And I don't no remember doubt. anything that happened about it. Actually, Mewtwo was in uh, Detective Pikachu, right? Yeah, at the end. Yeah. yeah, so it was. it's sort of the similar story. Mewtwo is like this this Pokemon that they catch, and everybody knows it's the strongest Pokemon, and people are like experimenting on it or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't fully remember the, the story. Army, government, right. whatever. Um, July 17th, 99, saw the Japanese release of the second theatrical Pokemon movie called Pokemon 2000, The Power of One. In the U.S., we wouldn't get that movie until July 21st, 2000, however, making it a We the 2000s topic, so I'm not going to talk about that shit here. Stick around for our future podcast. Wow. 
in like another 10 years. Sure. Okay. Because we have to <laughs> ten get years, through damn. like 10 years to go through a whole 90s. That's true. Eventually, okay, nine. these topics I are going to get worse and worse though. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> or All more right. niche Half. Half, sure. Chapter, uh-huh. fuck, chapter five. Gotta buy them all, gotta buy them all. Pokemon cards? Huh? That's a good one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Question number two for you all. Do you remember your rarest Pokemon card if you did collect them? What was it? No, but I was already thinking that Dakota knows all that shit because he's always reselling stuff. So if we find one in here, we should totally ask him. You know who else um, surprisingly is like a huge Pokemon nerd? Eric. Really? Yeah. Like, still has binders of all the cards. Holy shit. Yeah. Does, does he like, uh, is he protective over them? Not like in a crazy way. I just don't think he ever like brings them out, but he still has them. But he's holding on to them for a reason. Probably just because he hoards shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll make maybe. maybe. You, yeah, you get in touch with him, I'll make him an offer. Get in touch with him. $100. <laughs> for all of his for all Pokemon. Cards. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> it's not hurting for that money that bad. <laughs> $100 for 100 cards of my choosing. Eric, if you're yeah, listening, okay. which I doubt you are, that's the offer. Take it or leave it or I'll change it. <laughs> I'm not a good... Uh, Negotiator. Negotiator here. Um, well, you might right. be a cunning linguist. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a... Uh, yeah. I'm an okay baiter. My brother Moses is a masturbator. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Some of the arguably rarest Pokemon cards include the following cards. So this is a top six for some reason. I don't know why I did a top six. They're shining cards. Uh, these yeah. cards are unique and effective in the trading slash selling side and the card game side, offering enhanced powers. Do you remember these? Yeah. Um, I don't know. But actually, I don't know if these are the same. I think these are holographic cards, right? The sparkly ones. Yeah. yeah. But they also say like it would be rather than Charizard, like, like the holographic uh-huh. Charizard just uh-huh. says Charizard. These say shining Charizard as the name. So I think they're a little bit different, but holographics are also a thing. Okay. Did you? Did we have any holographics that you remember? Yeah, but I can't remember which ones. Yeah, I know we had a few. That's what I was trying to think, because I knew the shinier ones were more. Yeah. I don't know. Um, number five. Here's where it gets. Uh, here's where we turn poop into slightly better poop. All right. Pokemon Snap cards. So these are cards that are very rare based off the game Pokemon Snap. And the reason is the company selected real judges to choose photos taken by players in the game that they submitted to the company and then printed them as limited edition cards. So they'd actually be using the picture that you, David, took on Pokemon Snap and they would publish them on these limited edition cards. They also included the name of the player that took the cards, meaning that these lucky fuckheads are immortalized in Pokemon lore. So if you took a cool picture of your favorite Pokemon, which I believe you said was Mewtwo. Uh, I don't know if there was Mewtwo in that game, but if you took a picture of Mewtwo and it was like a cool picture and the judges were like, oh shit, let's use this one. They printed that limited edition, which is like a very rare card right now. And it would say on the bottom, photographed by David Fernandez. Which is super cool. Or at least a little bit cool. Cooler than what Pokemon Snap actually was. <laughs> it would have been cool if you actually grew up to become a professional photographer. <laughs> you can hang your hat on that. That's true. Arguably the fourth most rare is the Raichu Pre... Uh, fucking balls. <laughs> Arguably the fourth rarest 
type of card is the Raichu pre-release. There are 20 of these left in existence. One of them sold for $10,000. After noticing a printing error, which was re-release on the bottom, Mm. or pre-release, the North American trading card company that distributed these cards gave these out to its staff. So since then, they've been sold, traded, and circulated around. Uh, The third rarest Pokemon Trainer 1, 2, and 3 cards, these were given out to the winner at the annual World Championships Final of the Pokemon Trading Card Game Tournament. Meaning, there was only one given out each year for mm-hmm. whatever its existence, was, its, ex, its existence was or is, which I did not look up. What's cool about these was that this card guaranteed your entry into next year's finals. Mm-hmm. They, they know your name if you won last year, but you needed to bring the card with you in yeah, order you to enter. you can't trade away, bro. Yeah. It's just disrespect. It's also cool that if you had one of these, right, you could literally call yourself the single best Pokemon trading card game player in the entire world. There was only one person who can have that title. Uh, The second rarest, the Charizard Base Card First Edition. These have sold for $25,000 in mint condition. One piece of cardstock. $25,000. But again, that's number two. So, the widely recognized rarest Pokemon card of all time. Who do you think is on it? I don't know. Good answer. The I don't know Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that was a very rare one. No, um, I was trying to think like Jinx, but no. Oh boy, Jinx comes up in a second here. Oh, um, Pikachu Illustrator card. I kind of figured that. Everybody says that this is the rarest Pokemon card. This card was the prize to a Pokemon trading card game illustration contest. The reason they're so valuable is not only their exclusivity, which is about 10 known in existence, and the selling price of a PSA or higher, so that same ratings guide that like comic books get with a PSA of nine or higher. These have sold for the highest being $243,000. One card, 243. That's fucking, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, But also they are known uh, because they're not really documented, too many documented sellings of these cards. So those who have these cards have been given these or inherited these from the original Mm -hmm. owners, which is pretty cool. I kind of figured it had to be a Pikachu. I mean, it's Pikachu. It's Pikachu. Chapter six. (laughs) Here come the fucking 90s adults. As with everything kids love, most parents thought it was meaningless or denounced the franchise, some for pretty legitimate reasons. Reasons for this were religious freedom, racism, animal rights violations, and gambling addictions in youth. Just like Pogs. All, all I like talking about is gambling addiction in youth from the 90s. All right? So there's a theme in my uh, reports here. So let's go through each of these right here. Religion. Yeah. So the Christians opposed how Pokemon would evolve, right? Because Pokemon evolve um, <laughs> rather than God created them all. Yeah. Um, a oh, Vatican. So, so this was like a huge thing within the Christian community. So big that a Vatican City religious network, I think it was called like Sat... 2000, but it's based out of Vatican City, uh, issued a statement saying, it's okay, these Pokemon games and such are just filled with imaginative things for kids to enjoy. Good so job. even these, even like basically the Vatican had to come out and be like, yo, right. it's Stop cool. Being dumb. Yeah. What was their statement on giraffes? Um, Next topic. That's fine. <laughs> on giraffes? I don't want to know. Don't ask. Don't Evolution. ask. Oh. Fucking next so that they could reach the top. Like, what the fuck? But I guess since, you know, evolution isn't real. 
I don't I don't even know. Just don't keep going. <laughs> Thomas. Is there a hint at what, what the next topic is? What? <laughs> yes. Thomas. Okay. Uh, the, the evolution of giraffes. <laughs> I got it. I'm Fuck. there. His toys are us. He got me. Oh, Please? man. That's what I was hoping it was. <laughs> Shit. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. The Jewish community also found some issues. There was a Jewish rights group that found a swastika on one of the Japanese playing cards. The symbol, however, was mistaken and was actually a Buddhist symbol called a manji, which signifies universal harmony and balance between opposites. I don't know exactly how they're different. I know a swastika, a swastika only sort of faces one way, whereas a manji can face both ways, but there's also something in their shape. Uh, they look very similar, though. Dear God. That's like, that's like me wanting the letter T out of the alphabet because it reminds me of a cross. Do you have a problem with the letter T? <laughs> no, but My I do. My name would be Homus. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Homus. Um, I do know that the swastika originally is an Egyptian symbol, meaning good luck, which is why the Nazis sure. adapted it in the first place. So The Jewish group would recognize this mistake, but the Pokemon company still chose to remove it out of respect, Joe. Satoshi. Great mm-hmm. dude. Saudi Arabia banned all Pokemon goods because it was seen as promoting Zionism through the Star of David being printed on its Pokemon cards. If you remember the cards, they had like little circles that had sort of had like a star shape in it to signify like what the level was. Let me see. Is there a star thing on the front? Is this going to turn into like a symbology thing? Oh, that uh, little yeah, power so the little thing? white thing. Oh, the retreat. The little white circle yeah. on the bottom right there. That's what it was. I'm sorry, what did you say, David? This is going to turn into like a symbolism thing. Like the Star of David, aside from Jewish people, literally is the the universal symbol for masculine and the universal symbol for feminism together, meaning equality. That's why Saudi Arabia hates it. it like can, the, the, uh, yeah. the blade and the, the chalice. And it's two triangles on top of each other. That's oh. what it is. Yeah, I think that was in this video I watched as well. Something about that. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, another reason for sort of the Muslim ban of this was its thoughts on the next issue, which was gambling. So I didn't write too much here because we know parents uh, tried to sue the company, blaming Pokemon uh, for kids' gambling addictions. And of course, just like Pogs, schools banned them because they were a distraction from pointless schoolwork that I don't remember anything I learned in school. Even college. I don't remember shit from college. Um Let's see, racism was uh, an issue. So the Pokemon that you mentioned earlier, Joe, Jinx, is a Pokemon that has an entirely pitch black face with big red lips and gloves. And this was seen as uh, portraying racism by the African-American community since that Pokemon pretty clearly resembled uh, the dipshit white actors who would dress up in blackface and portray black people in TV and movies. Uh, the products were pulled off shelves, and all future representations of Jinx were shown as having fairly light purple skin, sort of like a medium tone light purple skin. There, there was uh, again more interesting stuff on the video that I'm not going to dive into here. There was other reasons for this that people sort of found, but they all sort of led back to racism. One of them is like a Japanese way of uh, young Japanese women like really overly tanning their skin, uh, and then wearing like very interesting bright uh, makeup. This thing in itself was a way to resemble uh, young black women in like the hip hop scene in the United States. So um, another form of um, blackface, tan face. 
The last one is the animal rights group PETA claimed Pokemon promoted animal abuse on the basis of Pokemon being forced to fight and then being held in Pokeballs with no food, water, light, or get this, love. Oh, fuck. What do you think about that? (laughs) I mean, that is absolutely absurd, but... I do agree, because I was going to make a joke earlier, like Joe, like, I mean, just like messing with her. But it's like, you play Pokemon, but it's like, you're no different than Michael Vick <laughs> catching oh, these animals, making them is. fight and battle against each other. Yeah, except one's uh, a game. Like, <laughs> I don't think. Well, so's was Vick's. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was also gambling, I'm sure. Mike Vick did his time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, think the biggest thing it boils down to is like, uh, nobody's getting hurt. So just like the church that put a statement saying that this is all imaginary. Well, it's the same thing. PETA fucking relax. I think the biggest thing for me is just at that time where PETA was pushing hard against Pokemon, like there wasn't much that built into the, the lore and the mythos of Pokemon. So like you didn't know what the experience inside a Pokeball is like. And I'm sure people from PETA maybe didn't look, to, if they if they hated this thing, I'm sure they didn't watch this property a whole bunch. Of course. So, you know, knowing that there's a lot of love in Pokemon and, and its uh, values, but also when the Pokemon goes into the Pokeball, it's not like you're trying to take this Pokeball that's the shape of a baseball and then you're shoving the mass of a, right. a, a Pokemon into this Pokeball. The Pokemon turns into light. And then goes into the Pokeball. So, honestly, they could have a whole world to themselves. There could be a whole world in each Pokeball where this Pokemon is just, like, living its best life. So, PETA, I know you do good things. I know you have a a good idea at heart. (laughs) Fuck you, PETA. (laughs) Remember that guy fucks a donkey or something from, or a llama from South Park? That PETA episode? Yeah. (laughs) Fucking PETA, bro. All right. Joe, what chapter am I on? Seven, but the final chapter. Oh, um, sorry. What? What do you got? No. I was gonna say she's been fucking playing Pokemon this whole time. <laughs> I have. I, I forgot what I was gonna say there, so I'm gonna move on. Yep, the final chapter. <laughs> chapter seven, potentially. Pokemon oh. in 2020. We all know that Pokemon's a big property from our memories of Pokemania and the fact that it's still a pretty legitimate property today, but I don't think we actually recognize how big it is. So to put it in perspective, here are some other franchises' standings when it comes to all-time revenue made. All-time revenue for a media franchise. Batman sits at number what on this list? A list of, let's say, top 20. Where do they sit? Three. Batman... 17. Batman sits at number 14 on this list with $26.5 billion. So this includes all things of like merchandise, box office, shows, toys, all that shit. Jesus. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man, Joe, this one's for you. The most consistent best-selling superhero of all time sits at what number on this list? 11. Uh, Negative two. (laughs) (laughs) Sits at number 12 with $27 billion. Um, Star Wars, which was the one I added for Lizzie. What do you think that one sits at? Nine. Damn, compared to Spider-Man and stuff. Spider-Man was 12. 11. Star Wars sits at number five on this chart with $65 billion in media revenue. He's number one, Mickey Mouse? Uh, number... What was number? Number four was Mickey Mouse and Friends. Yeah? Number four. Yeah, I don't remember the number. And then number three was Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. What? Yeah. No, yeah. Poo, yeah. What the fuck? 
Which is a surprise. Alyssa and Tiffany just did the whole room. Winnie the Pooh for the twins. Winnie it's the still a really big thing, man. Winnie it's... the Pooh is big and it's been around for yeah. a very long time. That's what I mean. He's a diabetic bear. True. <laughs> but he likes honey. <laughs> My God. The fucking juggernaut franchise that is Hello Kitty has yep. made $80 oh, billion dollars since its birth in the that. 70s. That just goes to show you how stupid people are. No, it's, it's so huge. It's what the fuck the is Hello Kitty? It's uh, yeah, I don't I don't know actually. I don't know if it's like a show or just like a character put on different shit. But... I think it's been on everything at this point. Hello Kitty is like one of the biggest things in Japan. It is the biggest yeah. thing in Japan. Yeah. I mean, there's your proof. That's why it's I everywhere. Mean, and even um, Pandora Jewelry Company, like everyone Pandora does Hello has Kitty. Everything. But that's what uh, not everything. I don't think they have Spider Man, which is sad. Well, because <laughs> nothing about Spider Man is like, oh, come here, let's let's cuddle. I love you. Spider-Man's I mean, for me, it would dude. be. <laughs> No, Spider-Man is literally just, if you love someone, then they die in front of you. Yeah, kiss them upside down and then they die. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of it is sort of Japanese, um, Japanese like properties and different things are, are sort of immediately um, consumed by China as well, which China has the largest population yeah, China on money. Earth. So I'm sure all sorts of things, um, yeah, make so that Pokemon's China money number that one. Japan makes. So, yeah, uh, Hello Kitty sits at number two, so... Yeah. Since its inception in 1996, most reports have the Pokemon media franchise as having made $92 billion in revenue. About $60 billion of this is coming from merchandise alone, and the remaining coming from video games, TV, movies, trading cards, and the manga slash comics. $60 billion from merchandise? Merchandise is the killer. What merchandise? Merchandise. Putting stuff on backpacks and lunchboxes and shoes and all sorts of things, yeah. Wow, I would have never thought Pins that. And stuff. You're selling video games. You're making movies. You made a TV show. Trading cards. No nah, man. Merchandise. That's the big thing with, with Spider-Man. Merchandise is where it's all at. Kids are dumb as fuck. <laughs> I agree. That was one of them. <laughs> I me. ate up these Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. So that is the final chapter from my report on Pokemon, but I do have some fun facts before we get to the final question. So I want you to uh, tell me if this is a fun fact or not. Uh, Let's see. Let's go with some uh, stupid ones. Not stupid ones, but less important. Some of the first Pokemon conceptualized were Nidorino, Gengar, Lapras, Rhydon, and Slowbro when they started pitching this to Nintendo. Satoshi's favorite Pokemon is... Joe, you want to take a guess? Slowbro. That is a pretty funny one. Yeah, he's a cool one. Um, out of those originals? No, out of oh. any. Of them. Um, oh wow. Well, Charizard. out of I would say out of the original 150 because okay. um, I think when he answered this question, it was early on. Bulbasaur. Um, I'm literally just naming the ones that I know. <laughs> you wouldn't guess it. Farfetched. No. Uh-huh. Farfetched is actually a Pokemon that, in the actual story, people eat. Farfetched. Sort Farfetched. Of morbid. Oh. Hello. This bitch. Connection. Um, his favorite Pokemon is actually Poliwag, the tadpole uh. Pokemon. Um, he used to catch tadpoles when he was collecting bugs as a kid, and he has a very, very fond memory of catching his first tadpole and looking at it and seeing that you can see through tadpoles. Like, you can see through their translucent body mm-hmm. to sort of see their insides, and that just, like, stuck with them for a long time. So, Poliwag, if you remember, it's a tadpole with a white belly. And then it has sort of like the hip, hypnotize uh, spiral around it. That's meant to resemble being able to see through what it was called, tadpoles and see their insides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's his favorite Pokemon. 
Interesting. It's cute. Uh, Game Freak magazine sold for 200 yen, or the price of playing two arcade games. Satoshi's thoughts on this were that if the magazine will help you get further in the game than you taking two attempts at playing the game, then I want you to, to buy this magazine. So that's how he promoted it. Pokemon Red and Blue sold 13.41 million copies in the U.S. and U.K., helping the game become known as the best-selling RPG of all time as of 2009. Uh, there is a Pokemon multiverse theory of all like the shows and games. Uh, all right, here's, here's some of the good stuff. It's fucked up that this is the first one I'm reading, but... On December 17, 1997, an episode of Pokemon displayed a flash of lights that caused 685 children to be sent to the hospital with seizures, blindness, and convulsions. Though no one died, Pokemon holds this Guinness record officially. That Pokemon has mostly now been banned from all sorts of properties, even though it wasn't the Pokemon that created the flashes. It was actually just like lights in the background that created the flashes, but the Pokemon's been banned. Um, I forget the name of that Pokemon. Uh, there are 122 Pokemon games total, 35 of them being the core games that most people associate with the franchise. Getting back into the cards, have you ever watched Pawn Stars? Yeah. There's a guy that comes on there who, I think he comes on to like assess whether things are real or not, but mm -hmm. he's known as one of the biggest Pokemon card collectors of all time. I told you those Charizard cards are very rare, um, or very valuable. He has amassed a collection of 150 Charizard first editions. That he is selling, I think in bulk, or if not in bulk, he's selling each individual with the sum leading up to $2.7 million. The idea of Pokemon battling wasn't part of the original plan, but requested by Nintendo as a key gameplay feature to promote the game more and people wanted like battles in their video games more. Satoshi not wanting to fill the gaming world with any more pointless violence would compromise by agreeing that if there is battles, the Pokemon would never die or bleed. They just faint, and you can, of course, take them back to uh, the Pokemon Center and get them healed up. How do you feel about that? Sure. I like that. That's so nice of him. What a wonderful and It's so what I in. agree with, but all I could think about is there's some really good creepypastas about haunted Pokemon games. Not haunted, but like, a, like that, like finding a glitch in it. And it's really funny because they're kind of creepy. They're yeah. like, dude, I was a kid and I was playing like Pokemon Yellow. And then all of a sudden I went in this cave and Pikachu's eyes just start bleeding. And I'm like, what the fuck? Jesus. It was crazy. That's all I could think about. Sorry. What do you think about that? <laughs> Violent video games are better. They're more fun, subjectively. Um, but eh, eh. Yeah, I mean, it is a great compromise because you're still getting like the taste of competitiveness. Yeah. Without the violence, the, no, without the like forever of death, right. the violence. Yeah, so it's cool. The interesting thing for me on this is that there are Pokemon called Ghastly and Gengar, mm -hmm. and they're ghost Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So there are some Pokemon essentially that have died. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they're just gas Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. Two more, Joe. You're gonna like these mm -hmm. Satoshi was diagnosed with autism at an early age. Mm -hmm. So he is one of the more successful uh, people that are high-functioning on the um, autism spectrum. Another diagnosis of Satoshi's is Asperger's. Mm. This is at least part of the reason why Tajiri doesn't make very many public appearances. But if you see any interviews with him, he very rarely ever speaks much about either one of these diagnoses, stating that he just wants his accomplishments 
uh, to speak for themselves. That was, that was one of the most interesting parts. I, I could probably have done an entire story just about this guy, even though this is ma- mainly about this guy. But yeah, he was really interesting to, to learn about. So final question, what's your fondest memory when it comes to Pokemon? Watching the shows, I guess. I mean, I didn't I didn't play the card games. It really collects. Uh, it was like 98 that it was at its height, like here, basically. That's when it like started and it, it came on like a fucking hurricane. Or like yeah, a tornado. so 98, I was like 11. <laughs> uh, I was heavy into wrestling and like other sports. So yeah. it was like I was kind of doing away from the, the card stuff. I still played video games, but right. and I remember playing Pokemon. But I, again, it was just like, like okay, you, you know, you, you go, you capture them, whatever. I tried it, but I was, it wasn't like my thing. But like the shows were were, were fine. Like I remember <laughs> the shows. I remember uh, being entertained by uh by Team Rocket. Yeah. Um, and then I always remember being confused because I thought uh, James was Jane, and I thought it was two girls for a while. <laughs> uh, and then somebody pointed it out to me, and I just I was baffled. I still get them confused to this day. Yeah. Because Jesse could be a boy's name. Yeah. So I I, I thought it was Jesse and Jane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. But then it was like, no, 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 no. Like, it's James and it, it's a guy. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. Completely. Were you checking out um, James or Jane? And then when you found uh, out it was a guy, I was like, what do no, I do about myself? No, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't checking him out. You know, I like redheads. There it is. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, Joe, favorite font? No, I'll go. And then you get to say yours last, all right? Because yours is probably going to be about Pokemon Go. (laughs) My fondest memory is watching these in the morning. I remember talking about these almost every day at lunch and bringing my cards in every day at lunch. I don't remember them ever being banned, uh, but I might just be forgetting that. Uh, Sad memory is uh, I gave all my Pokemon cards away to Dakota, who it seems like have sold those for drugs. Yes, Yes, he has. (laughs) Or sex favors or something like that. Uh, so fuck that kid. Um, if he has any left over, I'm going to ask him to send them to me. Uh, but yeah, uh, another memory that I just remembered right here. You remember watching the show at the end of the show, they would always do a song Yeah. every week or every weekday. They would do another set of Pokemon. I would know all 150 Pokemon in that order. Really? The same way that you would know the Power Rangers. Sure. I would learn that song. And know all of the Pokemon in the order that it's done. I have another fond memory. You know, they used to do that segment when they went to commercial break. Like, who's that Pokemon? Like yes. That. Yeah. So my fond memory is today being able to go on social media. And they do that. And then when they reveal it, it's like someone like in real life that you don't. It's like, ah, oh, that's <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> it's a reveal. And it's yeah, that yeah. big black guy who's with the Who's that Pokemon? And then like Barry comes up on screen. <laughs> That'd be awesome if it was like uh like the Onyx <laughs> the big snake shaped one and then it was Barry's BBD. Uh Joe, fondest memory. Um, I don't know about fondest, but I remember you watching the shows and walking past your room and you watching the shows. I do remember playing a lot on the the uh, Game Boys. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I remember you either not yelling at me, but telling me to do things. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm just going to go catch these Pokemon. Yeah, I was the Pokemaster. Yeah. And then actually the funniest, well, I don't know if it would be funniest, but you know how like you just, you know someone and then you find out they play something like that and you're like, what the fuck? Especially for the first time, like right at the beginning of high school. I felt like that with Carlos. Remember Carlos? Oh, yeah. When I found out he played Magic and Pokemon, I was like, 
damn, that's the weirdest shit I've ever thought. But it was just such a big thing that yep. I think everyone did it for gambling purposes. <laughs> one. All right. Um, oh, oh, something new? I was going to say my new fondest memories. I just caught a new Pikachu with a new hey, hat. Uh, let me see. Hang on. With a hat. You yeah, because different Pikachus well, with different hats. Yeah, that's what I like about this because you know how the cards, they had shinies and rare ones? They just, not just, but they only recently allowed trading for Pokemon Go. But there's so many variations and specials that they put out in the game that if you're not logged in at a certain time, you won't get them. So it's kind of cool because then they end up having some rare ones. So I was going to show you all my Pikachus. Hold on. Pika Winter. <laughs> oh, because I can give them my own name. So I was oh, trying okay. to keep track of which ones I had. Pika Party, Pika Summer, <laughs> Pika MLB, <laughs> oh, Pika Santa. Because he had a baseball hat. Pika Skater and Pika Witch. I'm going to no. Pika kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. Drop that phone. That green one was the new one. <laughs> All right. So since that's the end, I want to give us the opportunity to relive the excitement of um, opening up Pokemon cards and seeing what shitty Pokemon we got. feel as a grown-ass adult going into Target to buy uh, Pokemon cards? So, a lot of people have kids, bro. Calm down. Nobody knows. He just does not have fucking kids. Okay, and he's got people Ninja that... tattoos on his fucking arm. <laughs> <laughs> then they probably wouldn't question it. and They'd just be like, yep, was, he's one was, of those. I'm sure that cashier looked at me, you drove here all by yourself? Good job, young man. There was a guy there pushing, I think, a stroller and his wife like pushing a cart. As I'm walking by, I get a little bit past him and I hear her go, fine, you can go in and get something. <laughs> to the guy? <laughs> to the guy, yeah, to her husband. They were probably <laughs> mid-30s or something. Divorce. Um, pause here for loud noises. Loud noises! All right, so we've opened up our card packs. Uh, let's see. My Ready? first one was Sinus Tea. Oh, yeah, it's a teacup. I've actually been trying to catch this next one that I got. It's a fucking energy Maractus. It's a cactus. But I've been trying to catch this in Pokemon Go for a few days. Can't find it. Oh, this is the one that's my favorite one. This is the second evolution of it. Raboot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I got a Pikachu, babe. And a Meowth. Meowth. Got a Snorlax. Ooh. Hey, now. 340 HP. Don't know what the yep. fuck that means, but it's good, man. Yeah, my Snorlax is holographic. What, dude? He Ooh. might have a super nice rare one. Is oh, it? his is even weirder. Oh, look, this guy's a soccer player. <gasps> is that the one he was talking about? No, no, no. It's Joltik, but his only oh. thing is the flop. <laughs> is he a soccer player? He could be playing basketball. This is yeah. true for the Lakers. Oh, look, Vin Diesel. <laughs> Say family. Uh, family, yes, it does. It yeah. says call for family. <laughs> I somehow knew that was coming. Uh, I have a Morpeko and a Inteleon holographic card. Joe, you found some, uh, you got a Ponyta? Mm-hmm. The Galarian Ponyta, which is the one that looks yeah, like a unicorn. so cute. It's my new favorite. Drizzle or Drizzly Dope. guy. Drizzle guy, yep. Drizzle guy. All right, are we doing 90s trivia? Oh, we got a new box. So Joe is going to read out some preguntas de trivias. Is that how you say it in Spanish? How you say trivia in Spanish? Why not? Yep, why not? Preguntas de why not. So we moved on to our different deck. God, I'm going to lose. We decided not to finish the rest of the deck that was in the box from Five Below because they were starting to suck. The new set called... Wait, not that one. 
It's this one. The new set called... <laughs> we don't know because you left the name of the box downstairs. I think it's called Pop Quiz. Pop and Quiz. And it's 80s and 90s trivia. Now but we, we took out all the 80s cards. <laughs> now we have someone to point our aggression towards for <laughs> stupid questions. Yep. Done. All right, ready? Go. Break. We're shouting out. Okay. There's no options, by the way, on these cards. Let's treat this like <laughs> um, Jeopardy, where you have to say... What is, is or what is? And this time, because it's Pokemon, you have to say, I choose you, and then the answer. Oh. Okay? He's not going to do well. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you are, because then you're just going to forget. Okay, or when yeah. you get excited, you're going to forget what to say. This one's easy, though. What was the name of Will Smith's character in the 96 film Independence Day? I choose you, David. Colonel. <laughs> you said Colonel. Do you want to go with that? James, uh, <laughs> David, <laughs> go ahead. David, <laughs> hold on, don't tell. Skip it. God, what a great movie, though. Yeah, skip it. Don't don't tell me right okay. now. Just put I'll it skip down. It. If you don't know this, right, I'll be very upset. Scully. Thomas might actually get it first, though. <laughs> no, no you might. What color is Belle's ball gown in the '91 animated yeah. film Beauty and the Beast? Thank you. I choose you yellow. Boom, motherfucker's I mean, point. See? David's just going to say what it is. Yeah. Uh, you can take that point. That proves nothing. All right, no more I choose you. <laughs> what is the name of the little boy in the 99 movie, Six Cents? Cole. Yes. Hey, last name, extra Pass. points. Who is Cole? <laughs> is, I choose you, yeah, Cole. God damn it. I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. What color is the slime used in Nickelodeon's green. Kid Choice Awards? Yeah. Oh, it's a tie. It's a tie. Lime green. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What was the first name of the pink Power Ranger in Mighty Morphin's Power Ranger? Oh, Damn, you son of a bitch. <laughs> What's her last name? All right, two more. Jones. Hart. Fuck. <laughs> uh, oh, this is a year one. Do you want to do it? Like, yeah, you need to tell me the year. And what year was the first Toy Story released? 1993. I was going to say 93. We're probably both wrong. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to take 93 so I can guess again? <laughs> 1994. 95. <laughs> it's 95. Yeah! 94 and one penny. <laughs> oh my god. Everything that was good released in 93, man. Um, get ready. Think Pulp fast. Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino. What was Bruce the name Willis. of Pulp Uma Fiction. Thurman's character in Pulp Fiction? Mia Wallace. Yes. Oh, Holy shit. <laughs> That's why you can't just ramble because then you can't. <laughs> I can't. Uh, all right. Uh, Fair enough. All right. Let's go back to whoever can get the, the closest general. on this Independence Day question wins forever. What's his title? Colonel. <laughs> Lieutenant. Both now. <laughs> oh, no. It's Captain. Sorry. Yeah, right? He's a. Yeah, he's a captain. He he leads the squadron. They all yeah. die. His first name is the same as another famous captain, and then the last one sounds like a bad political leader. Let's let's win this together. Give me the first name. <laughs> His first name is Steve. Yes, it is <laughs> a bad political leader. It sounds like the name of a bad political leader. Not bad. Well, bad in the sense of evil. Shrump. <laughs> Steve Shrump. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> the Schmishmorshman Clinic. Um, oh, my God. You guys aren't going to get it. No, what is it? Hiller. 
Steve Hiller. Yes. Fuck me. I would never. Yeah, because for the rest of the movie, they refer to him as Captain Hiller. Good trivia, man. I like these questions. Yeah, I like these better. Good game. That is it for 90s trivia. Again, nobody won. Probably <laughs> David, but we're wow. saying nobody won. Uh, but thanks for listening. All those that are out there listening, we are, as of this recording, approaching a thousand downloads, Ooh. which is more than what should be listening to our stupidity. Um if you want to continue to support us, uh, you can become a patron of the show on patreon.com slash we the nineties. You get additional content, which when we start getting patrons, we'll post additional content. Um, but you can help support the show and also just get more from this show. If you like this show and if not, just listen to this, turn it off and fuck off. Uh, you can help us by, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, Something that pulls up Apple Podcasts, even if you listen to us on iHeartRadio or Spotify, just if you enjoy it in any way, once you're done listening to this episode, stop it and go to the Apple Podcasts and give us a one to five star review so that we can get more legitimacy and hopefully attract more listeners uh, and we'll be able to do a lot more with the show. On social media, you can find us on Instagram at we underscore the 90s, on Twitter, we underscore 90s, and on Facebook, we comma the 90s. You can also email us at we the nineties dot podcast at gmail dot com, and like we do uh, almost every week now for the the last three weeks, I think, uh, go and support uh, one of our Patreon listener donors, um, our sister Amanda Valone, and her shop in Minnesota, which is called Artrageous Adventures. Go and order a make your own art box. What are they called? Art boxes. I mm-hmm. always forget this. Yeah. yeah, order an art box. Uh, they have all different things that we can do, and they follow some of the holidays, so you can also catch some good holiday ones and, and some good artist ones. And eventually, if I have any influence in this damn family, <laughs> they're going to be releasing some Renaissance-era artists that follow four <laughs> amazing karate tortoises. <laughs> Uh, copyright purposes. Uh, and you'll be able to to get that stuff, but it's called Artrageous Adventures. What's the website? outrageousadventures.com wow pretty straightforward outrageousadventures.com go and check that out also on instagram uh follow and support our cousin Brittany's paint your own pottery art studio called glazed in clemson south carolina go and find them follow them support them send them money send them canned goods um (laughs) send them stuff Send them the stuff that like your parents are cleaning out and they keep asking you if you want them, like old pictures, just so that they can oh. get rid of them from their fucking house like my mom's doing. <laughs> she keep, Her and dad keep wanting to send me shit that they're pulling out of storage. Uh, who else can we support? Matt Anderson. Support the troops. Both sides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing you can support when it comes out... Um, is a new podcast called Segway into Logic with that cousin, Brittany, who owns the shop in Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, her partner. Her partner? Yes. What do they call each other? Sweethearts? Partners? Sure. Sure. Her person that she <laughs> lives with and has relations with uh, is starting a podcast. He is a very deep thinker, and he also has some very nice friends who are deep thinkers as well, and they want to talk about the human experience and all the different things that shape how we 
act and experience life. Um, and it's definitely going to be worth it, even though they haven't even recorded a single episode yet. We can tell you that. But Segway to Logic, you can find them on all the same places you find this show. Thank you again for listening. Uh, we will be back with our next episode soon. Hopefully next week. We're going to try and do these weekly now. Uh, and if not, as always, put us on the automatic downloads and just fucking wait, baby, because we're coming at you hot. Coming at you with fucking zingers here and there. Pew, oh pew. Coming in with hot fire, boy. I, I don't know how to end this. Oh, I know how to end Goodbye. this. Ready? Here we go. Gotta end the show. Gotta end the show. Pokemon episode. <laughs> Cut. Peace out.